thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. are up for a chat about the hottest topics important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today, Miss Karen isn't here. It's a public holiday actually in Queensland and um, Karen's working or she had bookings or something like that. Uh, but we have um, a wonderful guest today and Kim, Karen and I met Helen um, at the Wellness Summit because she is um, one of the podcasters she uh, for the Wellness Couch and she um, her podcast is called Primal Alternative Podcast. And did you know, like when I was reading her bio, did you know that the Wellness Couch, which is the number one ranked health and wellness podcast station in Australia, just in case nobody knew that on Up for a Chat, I thought we'd just say it. But we met <laughs> Helen at the summit and she gave, well, I don't know if she gave you, Kim, but she gave me cookies and bread. And anybody who gives me cookies and bread um, is my best friend for life. And um, I ate the cookies on my way home and then the bread I shared with my family. I didn't want to share the cookies with my family. No, that's not true. I did share the cookies with my family. Um, but the bread was absolutely stunning. So then I started to ask Helen questions. And rather than me giving you the answers as to what Helen is doing. I think what we'll start with um, is, Helen, how did you get, what happened to you that got you on the wellness um, pathway? Well, hello, Cindy. Hey, Kimmy. <laughs> so nice to be here. I hope Karen hey, doesn't Helen. have, I hope Karen doesn't get too much FOMO when she finds out what a cool, fun chat we're going to have today. <laughs> yes, she'll but, get FOMO. <laughs> she will. And I know, I'm sorry, Kim, I didn't give Kim any bread or cookies and I'm thinking, oh, Cindy, shush. Shush, shush. Um, so I'm going to, you know what, it was really, really cool meeting you, Cindy, and you, Kimmy, and having a big hug and um, getting your amazing book, Kim. But um, I really wanted to get a selfie with Cindy. I was like, I'm going to the Wellness Summit. I just want to have a, a selfie with Cindy, you know. So and I thought, oh, I'll just grab a loaf of bread and, and take that as well. And um, talking to Cindy, I just, Cindy, I just love your curiosity and your passion for and your interest in what other people are doing, you know, because you were like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? And tell me about this and I want you on my podcast. And I was like, oh my goodness, I nearly fell over. So thank you. Thank you for this uh, opportunity to welcome. be here. It's so cool. It's so cool. So I'll, I'll share my story with you. So um, basically what happened was um, I've tried all my life to be really healthy. So that involved following conventional wisdom advice of a low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet with um, extreme amounts of exercise. So I, back in the day, I was an aerobics instructor, so I qualified as an aerobics instructor, showing my age. Uh, yes, I used to wear the um, up-the-bum lycra leotard <laughs> and the... <laughs> Yep, I know that look. <laughs> Been there. It's actually a good look. Actually, I think it should come back. That look. It was. A, it was a good look. It was a good look. Um, so I used to teach aerobics from the age of fourteen, which was like back in nineteen eighty nine, and worked in the gym industry for ten years. Um, and every woman that I saw 
their definition of, you know, their health goal was to lose weight and turn up. There was never any like connection between food and mood or, you know, what you ate and chronic health conditions. It was just all around calories in, calories out and trying to get as tiny as you could possibly be. So that was what my motive was because that was really all the knowledge was out there at that time. And so I did that for 25 years lived that way and um, wouldn't so much as eat olive oil on a salad. I wouldn't touch avocado, wouldn't definitely cut all of the fat and all of the skin off all of the cuts of meat that I ate. And um, yeah, so lived that really depressing way of eating for a long time and um, had quite a number, when I look back with the beauty of hindsight, had quite a lot of health issues going on. Like I had quite a lot of anxiety and depression, not necessarily um, really bad depression, just but a little bit flat most of the time, um, which I didn't know why. Um, And then when I went on to have my kids, it was really almost like the straw on the camel's back in terms of what my system could cope with to produce. And I was so lucky, you know, I got pregnant really quickly with both of my kids and had really easy pregnancies and amazing home births and I breastfed and everything that I wanted to do. But you know, just that constantness of creating a human being and then nurturing that human being and being there any time of the day, you know, really is um, a stress on the system. And at the age of 38, I was in a real soup of a toxic health crisis. So what it looked like was um, the overriding symptom was nausea. So I just felt sick all the time. So as you can imagine, my world got pretty small. I didn't want to go anywhere. Um, so I wouldn't fly because I developed a fear of flying. Like I had developed a phobias around flying and around my kids getting sick. So I used to obsess about, you know, what was the, ne- the latest lurgy going around the school and, oh, my God, were my kids going to get it? And even though, you know, I'm quite a bubbly, upbeat person, even though I knew this wasn't really me that was thinking these thoughts, you know, I knew something else was kind of in control here. Um, I couldn't do anything to get my mind away from these dark thoughts. It was just like in this tunnel of negativity and overwhelm. It was a really mentally, mentally, mental health wise, it was a really horrible place to be. Um, I couldn't poo. (laughs) I couldn't sleep. Um, I was so jumpy. You know, that feeling when you've, you've so wired, you feel like you've had like 10 espressos and you, something happens, you're like, oh, and you jump into everything. That's, that's how I was all of the time. And um, yeah, and that was from, you know, eating a low fat diet, eating a lot of carbohydrates and exercising a lot and not placing any emphasis on rest or um, nurturing myself. To me, self-love was being high, man- being high maintenance. You know, if you needed to, you know, if you wanted to have a bath or having a massage, that kind of thing, it was very uh, a luxury uh, and you should be doing something more productive with your time, in essence, okay? So in my um, sort of dark night of the soul, if you like, I was sat on the couch talking to my husband, who's a Kiwi. He's a good bloke. And um, he was really mm-hmm. stressed. He was really stressed out about it, you know, because he just wanted me to be, he just wanted to be me to be well. And he was like, oh, girl, I don't like seeing you like this, eh? I just want you to feel better. Come on, girl, what are we going to do to get you... <laughs> What are we going to do to get you sorted out? And I said, well, you know, I think I need to go and see a naturopath and work out what's going on. 
but we were just a, a one parent family. I wasn't working, sorry, a one income family. And I wasn't working and the thought of going to naturopath just seemed too expensive and not something that was out of reach. And I said, you know, the naturopath's just going to tell me to go gluten free. And I don't know where that little nugget of wisdom came from, but it came through me and I just thought, right, gluten free, I can do this. So I just went out the next day, really motivated again, right, now I'm gluten free, I can do this. Went out and bought gluten free bread, gluten free pasta, gluten free cookies, gluten free pizzas and came home and found them to be just extremely disappointing. It's probably the best way. I mean, it was like, I can't eat this. This is not very nice at all. And anyway, what's in them? What's in these products? You know, it's just like thing, things I've never heard of. I was like, well, I don't think that's meant to be, you know, to be consumed by, by humans. So anyway, so um, a very good friend of mine, Kirsty, said to me, look, if you're going to go gluten-free, why don't you try paleo? So I'd never heard of paleo before, but a couple of clicks on Google soon found Mark's Daily Apple and delved into the world of primal living. Um, couldn't believe how quickly I felt better. Like probably took a good six weeks before my nausea went. But in terms of that, that moment where you sort of, your life goes from that two-dimensional drudge to this three-dimensional, you know, that feeling where they're like the colors look more beautiful and everything seems to have a lot more purpose and meaning and you have this deeper sense of connection um yeah that that happened really very quickly and i got got really evangelical you know thinking of all those women i'd spoken to in the gyms for those 10 years and giving them all of this flawed advice and i was like holy crap i really need to reach out and help other women who, who knew that you could feel so better just by changing the foods that you eat and moving to, you know, grass-fed, wild-caught protein and some beautiful seasonal spray-free vegetables and some fat. Hallelujah. Let's get some fat into the diet. Everything tastes so much better. Um, so I qualified as a primal health coach so that I could help other women know that they weren't on their own in their health journey and that they too could reclaim their health. And I got kicked back. So, you know, I was telling people, you know, do this, do this and eat this food. And they'd say to me, Helen, like you've spent so much time in the kitchen, but I don't have the time to do that. I've got a full-time job and it's okay on a Monday. I'm like pretty highly motivated on a Monday, chopping all my vegetables and slow cooking my meats and doing my broth and my sauerkraut and everything else that you've got to do to really embrace a primal lifestyle. But by the end of the week, I'm exhausted and I'm reaching for the takeaway menu and I'm feeling like I'm falling off the wagon. So I just finish off this bottle of red wine and I polish off that haagen ice cream in the freezer. And then come Saturday, I really feel like all of my good work has been unraveled and I'm feeling like crap. So I said, I totally understand. I know where you're coming from would you like it if I made some food for you? And at that time, like three people put their hand up and said, oh, I'd buy, I'd buy something off you. Yeah, for sure. So that's when my food range was created. And when, it, when I first started, it was literally everything. You know, like I wanted to make cereal for people and bone broth and cashew milk and dinners and bread and pizza and everything um, until the um, local friendly environmental health officer <laughs> told me, 
that you can you can on I think we all start off a bit illegally don't we when we start off with a passion but the, you know there was only so many low risk products that I could bake from home and that was actually a real blessing in disguise because I could get I could just nail certain products you know not try and be everything for everyone because I'll tell you what if that's what I'd continued with I would have burnt out by now and just have been thrown the towel in but to just really specialize and to have this streamlined home business also meant that I could contribute to my community and make a difference to make it easier for people to stick to this way of living but it also meant that I could be at home because I really wanted to after you know 10 years in the corporate world I had to give that up when I had kids and I found it really hard to find a job that aligned with my passions but also meant that I could be there when the school bus got home and I could, you know, take time off in the school holidays and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, sorry, this is a long story, but I'm nearly finished, so I'm nearly finished. No, it's a but, good story. It's, it's, oh, like, so, yeah. it's, so, it's like it's so engaging, Helen, so keep going. Good. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. I shall continue. So meanwhile, my health had continued to, um, to increase. It was on an upward trajectory and I was doing some personal development work with a mentor and she asked me all these really annoying questions, right? Like, what's your values in life? And how do you want to go throughout your day feeling? And if you could do anything and know you wouldn't fail, what would you do? Like all of these real deep soul searching questions that I've never had time for or inclination for in the past, right? So I very annoyingly did it all because, you know, I like to, um, I like to do what my mentor says that I should do. So I did it and I was quite pissed off doing it to be honest, like what, what a waste of time, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> anyway, it only changed my life because I was literally – so that was, I did this annoying questionnaire of the weekend. And then on, on a Tuesday, I was just sat at my desk, which is the kitchen table, right? Um, <laughs> sat at my desk and um, minding my own business. And I just had one of those blips in time where you're completely present and there's no thoughts in your head. And literally, it was like a little idea was popped into my head, like a little hatchling bird. And it said, franchise your baking business so that you can get these products to the whole of Australia and create business opportunities for other mums like you who've got a passion for clean living, who want to work from home, who love to bake, who want to help other people and to, um, to run group online health coaching programs too so that other women could hold each other accountable and to create a kind of sisterhood that a lot of us women are really uh, yearning for. So I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> it was like, I just really thought, okay, I just feel like this is my calling. This is, what I'm, this is what I'm here for. And I haven't got a clue about franchising. And I think it sounds like a dirty word. And I'm a bit scared. And what if I get, you know, deported back to England? I had all these like real big fears. But I just really felt like this is something that I had to do. So I just very blindly put one foot in front of the other. And even though I didn't know what five, six, and seven were going to look like, I just knew what I had to do for one, two, and three. So I did. And on Boxing Day 2016, I launched my website, primalalternative.com, and launched my um, baking franchise. And to date, so in like nearly two years, um, 65 incredible women have said yes to this opportunity. How cool is that for a story? 
That yeah. is incredible. <laughs> 65, wow. I think... I think when I was at the summit, it was 40-something. So have you grown that much since the summit? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's been, in the last school, in the last school term, the 15 um, new prime yeah. listers. Yeah. So that yeah, would be I think, right. I think you were late in the 40s and I'm like, going, wow, that's really good. No, 65. In mm. 65. That's brilliant. And that's throughout so Australia? Yes, yeah, throughout Australia. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Helen, I'd love to ask you, um, when you were talking the story, many years ago I had an opportunity where I'd made these vegetarian sausage rolls and they were scrumptious. No one knew that they, were, um, they weren't meat, but everyone loved them and a local cafe asked me to start making them. So for a year I made sausage rolls for nothing just to see if I could eventually get them into supermarkets and, and to do all this thing. I got so bored making them and I was so <laughs> dumb. How did you not lose interest and faith when you are, and because the idea is great and is it because you ended up franchising or what got you through? Because I can't imagine it was just all as easy as the story sounds. There would have been some pretty tough choices, decisions and moments I would imagine. Is that, is that fair? Oh gosh. Yeah. Totally came it like, Really, I think that, and you, you'll know too, that having your own business is the biggest personal growth lesson you can ever have. Like, because whatever shiz you've got in there, right, that needs to come up um, if in order for you to, you know, transcend any limiting beliefs you've got on yourself and, you know, really change your ideas around what you're capable of. There's, there's so many speed bumps along the way. And, and it's, you know, if, if I look back at the, all the experiences I've had in over that two years, I never would have started it because you're like, holy crap, that sounds too difficult. But surely there's an easier, surely there's an easier route um, to achieve what I want to achieve. But you look at, you know, like looking back, um, it was hard, but it's all been so fulfilling and so, yeah, so worth it. But I, I produced the products myself for 18 months and I think what's, and I get bored so quickly, Kim, but I think the thing that um, kept me going was the fact that it was really streamlined. So I didn't overwhelm myself with a million different products to make. Um, and I had a, I had a really good system. Like I really scheduled my week. So it was like this day I'm baking, this day I'm seeing my best friend for coffee, this day I'm having a massage, this day I'm at the markets, you know, so I kept that variety in my week and I guess I just liked the the fact that you know it was for me it was a lot of inside on my own in the house with the music cranking baking barefoot in my kitchen you know just really nice cave time if you like if you want to talk primal and then and then at the end of the week I was having this massive social immersion at my local community markets having that banter with the other market stall holders and, you know, trading, you know, trading some of Mandy's homemade sauerkraut for my, um, my bread, you know, so just it, for me, it was really, I didn't get bored, uh, to be fair, although it was tough. Mm. <laughs> Hope that answers your question. And can you tell us then? Yeah, it does. It does. Then also too, I think you're on a wave and, and, you know, sometimes people say, you know, luck, what is luck? And I think it's when opportunity meets desire and planning. And obviously you had those, you know, there was no luck in it, but the timing of your 
um, products could not have been, I don't think, at a better time as far as awareness around paleo or at least at least paleolithic and certainly thinking about gluten-free in a healthy way. Tell us about how your family has grown with you through this. Tell us about your family and also how you have guided and driven this with, with them all in tow as well. Well, um, when I first said to Mike that, that's my husband, that we were going to go paleo, he said, oh, well, we're not doing this without cookies. So really, in a way, he was the one that started Primal Alternative because I had to tweak our family favorite cookie recipe to remove the grains, remove the um, refined sugars and, you know, get better quality chocolate chips in there and that kind of thing. So, um, and really, you know, like uh, Michael, anything that I put down in front of me thinks all of my food is delicious. And Millie, who's our um, eight-year-old daughter, she's the same. There's one time we were painting the kitchen walls green. And you know, when you like, you finish painting and you put your paintbrush in a jar of water because you think that one day you'll clean it, but you never do. You know, you know what I mean? Well, she, she saw that dirty green paint, paint water and said, well, mummy, can I try that green smoothie? You know, so that gives you an idea of how, <laughs> how adventurous she is. Whereas my son, Sam is less adventurous. So he's really like a, he's a bit of a carnivore kid really. And if it, I guess it's just that kind of, he's, he's 11. So I guess it's just that kind of um, preteen uh, stage where they just try to, anything that you're into, they're like not into, you know? So if I say this is paleo or primal, I don't want to try that. I don't like it, you know? But he loves my pizza bases. Um, he loves the cookies. Um, and my daughter, Millie, loves the pumpkin bread all year round. That's what she likes to have for her breakfast. And I like, you know, that... Um, but the food that, even though, you know, it's bread, it's not bread at all. It's um, vegetables and free range eggs and nuts and all good whole food ingredients um, that are like disguised as products that we like, you know, like for me, like I really would struggle and everybody in my family would struggle to, to do this journey purely on just plants and animals. And even though it's nice to, you know, most days we'll have meat and three veg for dinner and most days I'll have a salad for lunch on those days where you just want like sardines on toast or cheese on toast or Friday night pizza night, it just makes you feel like you're not deprived and you're not missing out. And I think that's, for me, that's the key with my family is to make sure they don't feel like they're the weird family that can't eat what all the other kids are having. So to really keep it fun and deprivation free means it's a lot easier to keep everybody on board. No, I agree with you definitely with that. Um, but it's, it's also, um, as the kids get older, I just want you to know they like being weird. <laughs> oh, do they? Oh, yeah. that's something to look forward to then. <laughs> uh, well, I have 20-year-olds, you know, mine are 24, 27 and 29. And um, my daughter actually said to me recently, my youngest daughter said to me, you know, mum, it's really cool that I was home birthed and, um, you know, I've never had any drugs and, you know, no, nobody in my era seems to be able to say that. So mm. she says, I want to thank you, even though I was really angry with you because we, we did a podcast with her, didn't we, Kim? And it was, um, it was like I didn't want to be that, that person that was different. So <laughs> it will come back. I want you to know, Helen, it will come back. Well, now, I look I, forward to that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now, I want to ask you about becoming a primal coach. So, um, you, you know, you said, you went to Mark's Daily Apple and, 
you know, I was very fortunate to make Mark Sissons and like oh. he was in his 60s and I had three hours of chatting with him and oh my gosh, he is divine, absolutely divine. So tell me, um, you know, did you get to meet him or, di- or did you just do it online, um, becoming a primal coach? I'm so jealous that you've met Mark because that that is like it's so on my bucket list. And last year he had um and like an inaugural at home with Mark kind of event for primal health coaches. And I said to Mike, I said, oh, I really want to go, I really want to go, I really want to go. But it was a little bit out of reach. But I have promised it was a little bit out of reach for then. But um, I've promised myself that I will get to see him one day. But I haven't met him yet. No, his um primal health coaching course is a comprehensive online kind of multimedia um course so it's really it was really doable for me so I used to I'm not really good at reading stuff anymore after doing I did a um, degree when I was um you know when I left school and um for me sitting down and reading things is just it's too time consuming for me now so you could actually listen to because I'm a big podcast listener like I just Mm -hmm. love it love it love it love it (laughs) so while I was baking I would just listen to the audio version of the course material and then I could sit down and sit the exam on my computer after I'd finished baking so for me it was perfect a really perfect way to learn so I haven't met him yet but I will and I was really surprised because he was doing a webinar about the primal health coaching course because I've featured as a primal um, health uh, sorry primal lifestyle success story and also featured as a primal health coach success story and he's got me down as one of his what does he call them um like I can't remember, but kind of his kind of gung-ho um, primal health coaches, which is a bit exciting. And in one of his webinars with Christine Hasler, um, he used me as an example. And, and he said, oh, I think Helen could take over the world. And I've got it written down. I've got it written down <laughs> on my vision board. Mark Sisson said Helen could take over the world. So who am I to stand in my own way of that? <laughs> See, what we don't realise is that, you know, when you, you meet these people, they have their story. It's like you, Helen. You have your story and they, they, they're, cons- they're consistent, they're persistent. Um, they want to tell what happened to them and how good they feel. And they're just like people don't realise they're just like anybody else. They're like you and me. They're like Kimmy. They're like Karen. We we just have a story to tell and we just want to get the word out there because we become, mm. as you said, evangelists. We, mm. we know how good we can feel. We know, we see people and we go, but I know what you could do to change that. Like today um, yeah, I was talking to some swimming friends and um, they were talking about their daughter who has a genetic issue. Um, but I, I looked at her and, and uh, she's a sugar fiend. Mm. An absolute sugar fiend. And I thought, imagine what your potential could be if you would change what you're doing right now. Like she had a ring of chocolate milk around her at six in the morning, you know. Mm. So, I, 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 you know, you do become yeah. an evangelist. You do want to tell them. Sometimes you just got to shut your mouth because they don't want to listen to you. But, mm. um, and Mark is, Mark is like that. He's just this beautiful, beautiful man willing to give all he can in order to um, teach the world. And, you know, he was part of my documentary, What's With Wheat, um, and he was brilliant in everything that he said. Uh, I, I saw him again this year in USA. I just 
<laughs> happened to just bump into him. No. Yes, I did. Oh. And I, I couldn't believe it. I was with my husband and, and I saw him and I went, Mark, and he, and he recognised me and he said, hi, Cindy, and, mm. and I re- introduced him to Howie and that's what he's like. He's just this beautiful, beautiful man. So um, hopefully you'll get to meet him and you'll realise that he's just, he, he'll want to meet you if you've done that. Hey, let's get him to Australia. That's what we should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. I think that, that he was going to come over to Australia at some point. Um, but he hasn't. So, you know, you, you've got a great connection with him, Cindy, so I reckon you should get mm-hmm. on to him and bring him to Australia. Do that. That's much I easier should. than getting to America. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's now, do it. Now, I do have another question before Kimmy gets in because I know she wants to probably get in, but I do not know what you did before this, your corporate life. What did you study at school um, and, and being in the corporate world? What, what was it that you were doing? Well, at uni, I studied leisure studies, which is basically a business degree for the leisure industry, which, you know, it was, I don't know if it is anymore, but it was a booming industry. Um, And the reason I got out of the leisure industry was um, the hours were crap, the pay was crap. And at the time, I was a gym instructor being paid um, £3.50 an hour. And I was working in really prestigious health club in the Hilton, in the chain of the Hilton hotels. And I was at the Hilton hotel in Leeds. And it was during the time that the IRA were bombing Hilton hotels. And I was in the service lift one day with a, like a brown, like unidentified box. And you don't just have that moment and you're like, holy shit, like this, you know, I can get blown up here. And is this, it, it wasn't so much like the fear of that, but it was like, is this what I really want to be doing with my life? You know, and I just really felt like, there was more to it. And actually what I really wanted to do was to travel. So I needed to get a better paying job with more sensible hours so I could get some money together to travel because I didn't know why I needed to travel. But obviously it's apparent now because I was meant to live in Australia because I absolutely feel like this is my sole home. And living here down on the South Coast in Albany, even though it's so far away from where everything's going on, you know, like for me to come to the wellness summit, it's like a 13 hour trip of flying and you know driving it's so worth it you know for me to to come back here because this is where I'm really meant to be and obviously I needed to travel to meet my husband so um so that's what I did in my corporate career Cindy I was a recruiter so I was a business manager for a large recruitment firm which ironically although nothing is ironic I was helping women um find jobs and the women that I was helping were accounting support staff so people that did payroll accounts payable credit control that kind of thing and all of these women had kids and I would hear about the the dramas that they had trying to find a job that fit around the family that and you know I'd see women who were really smart having to take a step back in their career just to get something that fitted around school hours or because they'd had a stint of time um, out of the out of their career, bringing up their kids, and I remember thinking, "This is so freaking unfair!" And just just that that pull, you know, of, of working mums trying to find that that balance between being there for the kids and contributing to the family income. So, for me, this really answers that that need. And you know, like it just kind of when you look back, at all of the things you've done in your life, you know. This, what I'm doing now, is just a mesh of all of those skills coming together, which is totally fulfilling for me. So cool. Yeah, it, it is a quite amazing that you were doing that, but 
you're still kind of doing it now in that you are recruiting um, women that want to work from home um, mm. and can do this at home. And I just like, it's almost like we're getting back to where we can be at home, be with our children. And this is probably the best place for us to be as, as Kim and I love to quote our, our dear friend, Natasha Campbell McBride. Um, it's time to get back into the kitchen to mm-hmm. feed and yes. nurture your family, to heal a nation. And I, I think, you know, that enabling people to do this, because not everyone's going to be able to do it, but, but enabling people to do this will make such a difference to not only their own lives, but the lives of the people that they're sharing the food with. So my mm-hmm. question is, how do you recruit, number one? Number two, how much time does it take? Number three, um, are the recipes clear? And just can you just go through that whole scenario for us? Sure. Well, the recruitment process um, is is pretty comprehensive, obviously, with my recruitment background. That's one of the things that I haven't had a lot of trouble with. And every single, I don't know if it, well, I just really feel that, you know, if I hadn't done this, um, somebody else would. I just really feel that the universe has got different things that it wants to manifest. And if I hadn't created this, then the idea would have floated to somebody else and somebody else would be doing it, right? So I don't ever think it's, oh, wow, what a great idea I've had because it totally wasn't my idea. So in that, you know, I'm always amazed that all of the women who've come to Primal Alternative are incredible. Like we've had no bad eggs. You know, there's not been any bad bad recruits. You know, it's just been amazing. In fact, when I tried to imagine this national network of local producers and this sisterhood, I had like an idea of how I wanted it to look. I wanted us to all communicate really well with each other and collaborate and not compete, you know? So like you, you may have seen at the wellness summit, there was 12 primalistas there all chipping in, all splitting the cost of the event and the cost of in sharing the profits and helping each other out. And, you know, it was just, it's just amazing. And everybody that comes to um, Primal Alternative loves that, that sisterhood feel, you know, you can share your bad days, you can share your good days and there'll be somebody there to, you know, throw a lap of the house and celebrate when something cool's happened for you, you know what I mean? So, um, which is really cool. So anyway, back to your question. So, um, so for, <laughs> for the recruitment process, um, I host um, a demo every fortnight in my um, closed Facebook group, Potential Primalisters, which has got 600 women in there, which is bonkers. Um, and so people get to really understand what it's all about. And then um, once they've had a really good look at the demo and they've checked out the website and that kind of thing, then they can book in for something called a Primalista Discovery Call with me. And that's, that's not a sales call. That's really looking at, um, you know, how this opportunity could look in this person's life. So we look at what time have they got available because most people are already pretty maxed out with time. So we need to look at how it can fit in. Um, and we look at what potential stockists they've got in the area to work out if it's viable or not, because obviously I don't know every single area and every single town in Australia. Um, so we look at those sorts of things. And I'm also obviously getting a feel for whether I think they're a good fit for primal alternative or not. Then after that, they go in, think about it for two weeks. And if they're still keen after that, then we have another catch-up call and we'll get them signed up. And there's a cooling off period and all sorts of different things. To it. So I really find that by the time somebody comes on board as a fully fledged primalista, 
um, you know, they're absolutely a perfect fit and, and they're ready to go. Um, but to make this work, I really had to make sure that the, um, the franchise model was easy and replicable. Otherwise, it would just totally die on its ass, basically. So all of the recipes are what I call faff-free. And I have to say that really clearly because everyone thinks I'm saying fat-free. And they're like, huh? <laughs> I thought you were primal and that's got lots of fat in it. Um, so fuss-free is like the Aussie way of saying it. So the recipes are simply like measure, mix, and bake. And these, like, there's no artisan baking skills required at all. So you can really, um, you can really get through these recipes without, you know, without it being way too taxing. Um, way too taxing on you yeah so I think that the way that it's um evolved and developed has worked out really well touch wood so far (laughs) I love your recruiting skills that is just absolutely brilliant (laughs) (laughs) in this day and age when we have um things like you know multi-level marketing um, direct selling we've got you know things like Tupperware and and um you know things like um, oh, I'm just gone blank with the bras, bras and things. What are they? Oh, oh I know which one you mean. And yeah. we've got all these beautiful businesses. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm feeling and just touching on what Cindy just said recently is there's a real call for women wanting to be working from home again. And I'm, I'm saying women generally, I'm sure there's men included in that as well. But as far as um, your uh, knowledge around recruiting and seeing that, have you seen a shift occurring in the energy and the presence around people wanting to work at home a lot more? Is that why you found that this has been working so effortless? I wouldn't say effortless altogether, but it's certainly (laughs) been flowing with ease. So is that Mm. something that you've noticed? Yes, yeah. Uh, And, you know, when I... um, first started this I was expecting to attract lots of mums you know with I was thinking mums preschool kids you know who can't really get out of the house to do a job because they've got the kids but it turns out that we've got a lot of non-mums and you know I've got um, primalistas who work full-time and do this as a hobby and I think there's a great desire I think there's it attracts two types of women. One is a woman who just wants to come back into the home. They don't want to put on a uniform. They don't want to go and work for the man. These are things that they've said, not things that I'm saying. They don't want to go and put on a different face and a different uniform and work for the man. They want to do something that's really aligned with what they believe to be true. So there's a lot of people seeking that integrity, you know, when it comes to, um, their work and I also think um, that this actually Marcus Pierce suggested this that this is a really good vehicle for people who want to help other people but don't necessarily want to go on and train as a um, professional um, you know as a health professional but they would want to contribute and like you say Cindy like we don't really need health coaches we need to learn how to cook and we can Mm -hmm. do so much healing um, just by getting back to the foods that we evolved and thrive on as a species. So I think there's definitely that, that pull. Um, and then I, I hear from a lot of women and I was the same too, that women just want to be in their home. Like they don't want to be leaving the house at half seven on a morning, quick kiss on the kid's head as they run out the door and rushing back in at half six at night. Because when you're at home, you know, yes, you can be baking, but you can have a load of washing going on in the background. You know, while your fruit toast is cooking in the oven, you can knock out 20 minutes of yoga, have a shower, sit down and have a coffee. You know what I mean? You can do lots of multitasking as well as being at home and get the dinner on, you know, that sort of thing. So 
I think it's answering lots of different um, needs that women are really feeling drawn to. And tell me, as far as um, keeping that beautiful um, energy and ethos and incredible uh, drive that you have within the business, how do you keep your team motivated and keep them all producing and baking? And, and do you have yearly conferences? Is there, how do you keep your team ticking? Well, this might be, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun saying this, but it's, it's almost like it's a self-motivated team because I don't have, um, I don't have any sales targets for the primalistas, right? Because I'm all about women creating a, bu- a business that serves them, right? So for some people, that means just um, one day, be- uh, one day bake twice a, um, sorry, twice a month. So it's just a very, very small scale business. Um, and so because of that, I don't really feel like I need to kind of inspire or motivate them to hit some amazing sales figures. In fact, I really encourage um, the primalistas, that's the name I've got for the producers, to um, to start slowly and not to try and, you know, create this incredible business because I think a lot of women are prone to pushing too hard and wearing themselves out and then getting a bit over it, you know. So what I just find is that the sisterhood, we have a closed Facebook group um, for primalistas to come together to celebrate success, hold each other accountable um, and to obviously seek advice and offer advice. And I find that that just sort of self feeds itself you know like um people really do feel inspired from that i do um i do do some coaching and we have fun things happening in the facebook group as well and we called the wellness summit our annual conference (laughs) so that was quite fun that was really handy for the wellness coach to put on all these amazing speakers for our conference and got to have dinner with you guys and joan fouad from quirky cooking I was like, what, what a great annual conference. That was easy to pull off. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> That's a great. I saw it as that for my team too. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so good. And that those coming together, those events, like we're all buzzing from that, you know, a month later, like those sorts of events where we all get together and hang out. Oh, they're just like the best fun, aren't they? They definitely are a lot of fun. I must admit, I um, I, I always I had to leave. I had twenty four hours, not even twenty four hours there, and I had to leave. And I, I kept going, oh, but I want to go to dinner with everybody, and I want to stay. And but anyway, yeah, I'm with you. There is a yeah. lot of fun in it. Definitely. So much fun. I love it. So, um, tell us about um, what up what it would be like for someone who's what do you call them? A primalista? I love yes. it. Yes. I love it too. <laughs> yeah, I do love it. So give us um, an idea of how long it would take. Like how many loaves of bread would they make and cookies would they make and how long would it take them? So let's say 20 loaves and if it was me, 100 cookies it would have to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd eat half the it. That is a bit of a problem, actually, when people start making the cookies. There's usually a, a few posts on going, has anyone else had a problem with eating all the cookies? And then like a few like guilty face emojis. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, well, it's, it's always a hard one to answer, to be honest, because um, every order that you get each week is slightly different. Um, but for example, to make two loaves of 
say the fat and seedy bread, because that's the one you tried, Cindy. Um, that would take 10 minutes to, to oh, prepare wow. it. And that's, that's preparing two loaves. So like I said, it's literally measuring in your ingredients, um, 30 seconds on speed five in the Thermomix, pour it into a tin, pop it in the oven. So it's really, you know, yeah. if, if it was going to have to be like kneading things and waiting for things to prove and rise, nobody would do it. You know, so it's got to be easy and replicable. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And you, you know what's interesting what, what is that... What happens once it's cooked? <laughs> what happens to that little loaf? <laughs> Sorry. What happens to it? Go for it, Kim. <laughs> well, then it would get... Uh, it gets cooled oh, and bagged and labelled and um, either sent to... It's sold at a farmer's market or it gets sent to a cafe where it's, you know, transformed into something amazing that all the cafes do such amazing things with our products. Or, yeah, it goes on our online shop and gets posted somewhere or... Um, yeah, get sold in your local grocery store and goes home with a loving family. But does the person, <laughs> the farmer listed, do they have to um, manage the, the posting of that bread or where it goes or who, or is that managed as a, at a central place and you go, oh, look, I've got two loaves of, of this loaf in Albany and Perth and I've got 400 biscuits coming out of Tasmania. Like, I'm just trying to work out how you coordinate all that. Well, we're decentralized. So whereas, and it's a really unusual model, and I don't actually think I've seen it anywhere else. And when I'm trying to talk to, like when I'm trying to talk to um, ingredient suppliers about, you know, negotiating better rates for bulk supplies, it's really hard for people to get their head around that it's like, well, we want to buy a pallet of almond meal, but we want 40 boxes sent to Tasmania, 20 boxes sent to Victoria. Can we do that? And they're just like scratching their head going, what the hell? Because normally you would have a factory that was pumping everything out and then it would be, you know, um, dispatched across the country. So um, we're kind of like the other way around, like a kind of inside out version. So primer listers are responsible for everything. So um, they get the stockists, they deliver, they produce, distribute, market, they do everything. The only thing that's centralized is the online shop. So all of the orders come through our website on our online shop. And then that gets, um, it gets uh, all of the orders get dispatched to the nearest Prima Lista to where the customer is so that they get in the freshest and, and the most locally produced item. Yeah. I just find that nice. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Nice. It, <laughs> it's just the best. I have to, um, you, you made me think of something when you were talking about artisan. And um, I was, uh, I'm, I came down to Brisbane today and um, I stopped at the, the local petrol station and went in to pay. And as always, there's lollies and candies and everything like that. And there was this artisan popcorn. Mm-hmm. It looked amazing. You know, I thought, this is just brilliant artisan popcorn. I flipped it over, looked at the ingredients and there was nothing artisan about it. You know, I just... <laughs> It just, mm. it drives you nuts, yeah. But the, you know, mm. it is wrong. It's, they it's misleading. Be able. It's very misleading. And even the packaging, it sucked me in because mm. I, I picked it up. I picked it up and thought, oh, wow. But most people are not going to do what I'm going to do. They're not going to look at the ingredients. They're going to go, oh, artisan popcorn. You know, it must be good mm. because artisan now it is like natural, non-GMO, organic. You know, everybody thinks that these things are meaning that things are brilliant in the world of food. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact, there, there's a lot of these words that have, for sands, have no 
record about what they meant to mean on a food package. And so every Tom, Dick and Harry is out there doing it. And it, it I, like, it's, it's so nice and refreshing because I read your ingredients and it's so nice and refreshing to know that there are people out there that are doing this right. Uh, and Thank I you. remember when I did my cookbook um, back in the year 2000, like I'd been collecting recipes for 15 years and it's very much an alignment with what you do. I would put the dry ingredients together, put the wet ingredients together, mix them together, throw it in the oven, you're done. Yes. <laughs> That's all I want to do. And when you mm-hmm. said that, I went, well, maybe I could just become one for myself. What am I, a primarian? A primalista. Can I become a primalista just for myself? <laughs> of course you can. Absolutely. You can be an honorary primalista. And it's funny, you know, because um, I know like uh, Kim mentioned, I'm sure there's some guys out there that might be interested to do to come home as well, you know, and, and it's so true. So I was thinking, oh, God, what would a primal mister guy be and then fuad came up with um primal mister we're like yeah (laughs) (laughs) perfect but we haven't had any primal misters yet which you know like obviously this is open to everybody but it really does seem to um yeah appeal to women it's a yeah i don't know it's 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 almost like a primal way it's like going back to like sort of bypassing the factory industry and going the factory era industrialization in that sense and going back to kind of that cottage industry where mm-hmm. some somebody's lovely you know nana down the road made these lovely home baked with love i mean there's something about that i know i don't know if it's they can measure it in with science yet cindy you might know but like that that vibe that energy when something's been lovingly made for you by somebody who's got the same kind of values as you like what's that? Like there must, there must. I don't know if they can measure that yet, but there's something in that, isn't there? Like when you get something that's lovingly made by somebody in your family, it just tastes so much better, and you feel so much better than when it's just being knocked out by a machine. I think there's a an energy, and mm-hmm. and you cannot if you if you watch Dr. Jack Cruz, um, and we we interviewed him six years ago. I can't remember Kim, but it was a long time ago. But Jack Cruz. Um, he's all about energy. He says it's all about electron transfers and it's all, mm. if we're not looking at that, then we're, you know, we're not looking at what is actually happening. And there, if you um, have, you know, one of the bakeries that their home base is Melbourne and from that home base, everything around Australia gets their bread and you know the ingredients of it, just thinking about that, and that you have a, a cottage industry in a community making the breads and the cookies and, um, and then lovingly giving that to people, that, you know, that number one, it hasn't been carded. It doesn't need preservatives. It has no, you know, anti-caking agents or whatever else mm. that it needs in it. So in two levels, it's the energy on one, but it's also the food and the ingredients and the fact that it hasn't travelled far and you get it fresh and, and even our local bakeries, we know that they have um, pre-mixes. They're not even doing the old-fashioned bakery. Like yeah. all of the chain bakers that are out there, they do pre-mixes. Even small bakeries do pre-mixes because I've spoken to them. There are only a handful um, around the place that are artisans and are doing the old-fashioned way of baking, which is you know, that kneading process and the um, raising process. And 
And if they're sourdoughs, they're not getting a premix sourdough. They're getting, you know, they're having to make that sourdough. There's a lot of effort in that. Mm. Um, so you're probably lucky you're not using wheat. That's all I can say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's with wheat? <laughs> yeah, what's with wheat? What is it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. It, this is usually Kim's question, um, but I'd, I'd love to ask it now. Is there anything that, because um, we're coming to the end of our podcast, is there anything that we haven't asked you that you would like um, our audience to know? We will talk about where they can contact you, but something um, that is in your heart or something that you are compelled that you want to share with us right now. Yes, I think the one thing that I would love to share is that no matter where you're at in terms of how you're feeling or how crap you're feeling, that just with some diet changes, some lifestyle changes and a good community behind you, like community is a real big factor, I reckon, that you can really turn life around and do things that you didn't even think you were capable of because I think that when you really clean up your food and your lifestyle and get back to the foods that really help you thrive, you get rid of a lot of distortion and pain and brain fog and things that kind of hold you back from your true potential and that when all of that's gone, you suddenly have a greater sense of purpose, a greater sense of connection, a greater sense of fierceness to actually look your fears in the play, in, in their face and go, whatever, I'm going to do this anyway. And to really step out of your comfort zone because the comfort zone is actually not that comfortable. Like my comfort zone was very, uh, a really anxious, depressed, fearful place. And the most fun I've had is popping out of that comfort zone and like walking on stage, for example, for the first time ever in front of 800 people at the wellness summit and really like <laughs> cacking my pants, but getting on stage <laughs> and then coming off stage and being mobbed. It was like being like Cindy O'Meara or Kim Morrison, just like people lining up to talk to me. I was like, this is fun. And this is, you know, it's really a difference between existing and living and oh, holy crap, this this way is so much more fun when you just really become a little bit, you know, fearless and just, you know, think, sorry, I'm going to give this a crack anyway. What have I got to lose? So I think that would be my, just do it anyway, it would be my, my message, my final message. Oh, you, oh, you know, brilliant. it is and, brilliant. And I think it's just so nice to see you trailblazing this. And I also would love to say to you that your children, um, they will be quietly admiring you, your husband, in your funny attempt at doing a Kiwi accent. <laughs> what you were trying to do. I wondered why you were laughing. <laughs> <laughs> But so I did I that quite well, actually. You're, you're, giving us, <laughs> you're giving us inspiration and reminding us that anything is possible and taking hold of an idea that I just, I would love to finish by saying, I agree with you on all levels and I admire you wholeheartedly on behalf of Cindy, Karen and I. And I just want to say to people that if you think, oh gosh, an idea is gone or there's so many people out there doing it or how could I ever do it now? 
there's there's never never any of that is there there's always if there's passion in your heart fire in your soul then and you've got something to share with the world it could be just 10 people that your business is platformed from or it could be a million people but the whole idea of it is if you've got something to share then i just want to honor you for going out there and sharing it and it was a privilege to hear you at the summer and it's an absolute honor to have you on our show and and thank you thank you for being um, someone that we can share with our audience. It's it's just it's really powerful. Wow. Well, you you said you, that Kim. beautifully, Kim. Yeah, I, I'm with Kim the whole way with that. And you're gung-ho, you're fun to be with. You, you, you know, I, like I think about my um, functional nutrition students and how wonderful it would be for them to have this as part of what they're doing. So... Um, you know, I'll make sure that they yeah. listen to this. I, I really do. I, and, and your group too, Kimmy, you know, they just, it would be yeah. so good to have one primologist or whatever we are. <laughs> Primalista. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'll get it one day. Primologist. <laughs> You're trying to turn it into a science, Cindy, and are primologists. <laughs> I think one in every town of Australia is needed. That's what I think. And I'm not talking about cities. I don't know how many we need in the cities, yeah. but every town. Now, for people to find you, I know you've said your website already and I will put it on the show notes, but just let people know where to find you. Primalalternative.com and on Facebook and Instagram as Primal Alternative. Wonderful. Well, I just want to say thank you, Cindy. It's been beautiful to share this podcast with with you we've missed our Karen but I'm sure she, you know she's with us energetically and mm -hmm. listeners I just want to say um, please make sure you follow our beautiful Helen and and make sure you join in her community and what she's up to because even if you don't become a primalistologist um, <laughs> you can always be inspired by the journey um, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> will we ever get it right? <laughs> if you would like to follow us or place a comment on our Facebook page, <laughs> remember go to facebook.com forward slash up for a chat or you can post comments on the wellnesscouch.com uh, forward slash up for a chat. And if you are interested in joining us in Mount Blanc in 2020, then make sure you go to karensmith.com and, oh, actually, no, what is the podcast for that, Cindy? Do we, uh, uh, not podcast, the uh, yeah, website. Yeah, it's karensmith.com forward slash, but I can't remember what it is, but I, I just need you to know that <laughs> I don't think there's any seats left. Sold out oh, uh, already. I, wow. I'm, I'm not sure. I think, like, I just had four people say they were coming. So that leaves us with one. And I, and I had one this morning say they were coming. So they're going to have to get in pretty quick um, if people want to, yes. if just in case well, somebody you know, can't come. Money is where the mouth is. Yeah, exactly. And so I've had, well, basically we had five seats left. I've been told that there are five people who want them. Um, and they are people that have already been on our trips. So I know what they're like. And they were like going, we want to come. I went, well, ring Karen. So what I would, um, gosh, I, let me look it up. No, I don't even know how to look it up. Sorry. Um, well, I'll put it on the well, show Gina, notes. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, put it in the show notes. But I also would like to say that, you know, things happen in life. 2020 is a long way off. And yes. even if you are someone who's listening to this and think, 
actually I'd really love that, then we will have a wait list for a few people because I know with my trip to France next year, there's been a few shifts and changes as well. So yeah. so please go to karensmith.com uh, or place any questions in our Facebook group and the Up for a Chat page because that's where we can return the questions. So listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast with the beautiful Helen Marshall as much as we have. Cindy, have you got anything else you wanted to say? Oh, no, I just think it was an amazing podcast and I've learned um, so much and I want to, I just want to thank everybody for listening to this and um, tuning in to the best podcast in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Seriously. I'm so grateful to, you know, when when you were talking about um, the wellness catch being the number one ranked um, health and wellness station in Australia, it's like, you girls must be like 90% of making those statistics happen to have, what is it, 2.5 million listeners and you've been going for six years, seven years, a long time. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And I've got Doesn't so much. Doesn't feel that long to us. Oh, well, it's just because it's all natural and it's easy for you, but I'm just, I've admired you, all three, and you too, Karen, if you're tuning in, you know, to the, to the episode, I admired you so much. So to be here chatting to you is just such an honor and i'm so grateful thank you so much and thanks for listening listeners too (laughs) yeah so listeners please tune in again next week same time same channel and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world we'll see you on the ride This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.